0: Welcome to Roll to Metal. We are an affiliate of Drive RPG. If you use the link in the show notes and buy anything on Drive DriveThru, you will be helping us out. Another way to help us out is to write a review on whatever podcatcher you like to use. You can probably do that right on your phone, right there. It's right there, the, the phone. I can see your phone, it's right. You know what? Whenever you feel comfortable, that would be amazing. Hi, I'm
1: Willa Wilson. I'm playing Renette Bollinger. I am, um, I'm here for the drama. I didn't think I'd be here for the murder, but apparently I'm also here for the murder and the drama.
2: Hi, I'm Mary Stack. I'm playing Georgie Sullivan. And I am very pleased to have learned that communication via text message, the emoji string is just versatile and very clear. Nothing could go wrong, I'm sure. Hi, I'm Holland Lane Curtis and I play Birdie town
1: menace, a former groupie, and someone who has an undisclosed and unadulterated hatred for boats. Not quite boats, more like boats adjacent. Something about cruises or or maybe songs that they play on cruise. You know what? We'll get into that later. It's fine.
0: I'm Jonah Knight and welcome to Roll to Metal, a Brindlewood Bay actual play murder mystery podcast. You know what I found? As I was editing, I found a whole third episode to Dad Overboard. This is a classic Brindlewood Bay scenario written by Jason Cordova. And you get a part three. Okay? Let's go. Runette. David has now finished his third flute of champagne. You sure I can't get you one? This is only the best.
1: Yeah, you know what the hell? Why not?
0: That's what I like to hear. And he goes over and he grabs the bottle, takes a, a fresh glass, pours you a, an appropriate sized um, amount.
1: I uh, I will sip it slowly and um, not 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 take in too much at once.
0: That one time when you were at that Oscar party, I when, remember that? Yeah, this is like this is that champagne.
1: Oh my god, mm. it's really hard to sip this slowly, but it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna use all my willpower because this is a murder at stake. Ah, this is the good shit. But you know, I'm uh I'm I'm, I'm getting comfy. You know, talking to, to David. While, uh, while David was uh, busy with something else, I did text um, in this newly created group chat, emoji of the little eyes that are looking, a diamond emoji, an ear emoji, a hand emoji, and then uh, a circle with a line through it emoji, and then uh, it's okay emoji. Send. <laughs> It sounds like Renette found a
2: diamond earring in a couch, question mark? I guess so. And then she tried to grab it, but couldn't get it. But it's okay. It's all fine. Okay. Oh my God, we communicate so well. So well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so David uh, is happy to just chat. Uh, It seems like he will talk about whatever, but whenever you bring up his parents, he sort of gets a little stiff and prickly. But he's very happy to talk about the success I've had with my gallery. Here's the thing. Everyone knows. Mm -hmm. Yes, the initial $3 million seed money came from my father. Mm -hmm. But I have taken that and built something real. Mm -hmm. I have created my future and I have created a real foundation for hope and for change within the art community. And that's not my father. I'm a self-made man, and I have had a positive impact internationally on the art community.
1: You've definitely sponsored a lot of really wonderful artists that wouldn't have had a chance without your uh, your patronage.
0: That's exactly the point I was making to Dad.
1: Yeah. What? What? What did he have to say about that?
0: Oh, he. You know, it doesn't really matter now. It doesn't really matter. Oh. He had ideas, and he had his old way of thinking. You know, why don't you get a real job? Why don't you go into finance? Why don't you go into real estate?
1: Oh uh, my god! Back yeah. in the day, yeah, you know, um, my my first husband. This was way back in the day, long before you were born. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first husband. You know, we we met when in in high school. We, he was he was the actor. I was the I was the stagehand, uh, and then we I were we were. We grew up. We got married. Uh, he toured around, and then he was just like, he succumbed to that pressure of, oh, you got to get out of this this uh, flimsy little artsy career of yours and get a real job. He he succumbed to that pressure from his parents and whatnot, uh, and all these people who were telling him, you know, the art, pursuing the arts wasn't a real job. I guess he felt he felt like he couldn't provide or something. I don't really know. Um, he gave up on his on. Doing what he really liked. That was a that was a big hit.
0: Mm-hmm. He's following your every word, mm-hmm. not even blinking, not even moving, just nodding, nodding in agreement. And that is about when Georgie and Bertie re-enter, and he looks to them and he looks back to you, Renette, and he says, "That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's something my father never learned. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to finish this bottle in the memory of my father." I guess tell the, tell the police that I'm here whenever they have something they want to talk about.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I guess I'll tell, uh, I mean, you're probably going to finish the bottle, but I'll, if I see uh, Mr. Andrew, I'll tell him to keep him coming.
0: Oh, thanks. I I appreciate that. He, he knows, he knows.
1: Yeah. He's a nice guy. Where where, where has he been throughout this whole thing?
0: I don't know. You know, he's always around.
1: He just shows up when he's needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. He's great he's uh he's been with the family for a long time
1: how how did he end up here
0: with you oh security guard you know my
1: Mm.
0: uh my father hired ex-military to be the butler and security so
1: um oh wow ex-military yeah
0: anything else i can answer for the three of you or do you want to go about your um your uh your task
2: just one question Mm. you said that you went to bed everyone started to argue and then you went to bed
0: Mm -hmm. yep just before Uh, midnight
2: so everyone else, the um, your sisters and your mother and your father were still up and arguing?
0: Yeah, yeah, they were. I was the first one to go to bed.
2: Hmm. Well, Ber- nothing good ever happens after midnight, so it was probably <laughs> a good decision to go to bed.
0: Yeah. No, nothing good on this boat anyway. Birdie, you see um, you see Renette put down an empty champagne glass.
2: I just make
1: dagger eyes at her. I Don't you uh, shrug at me. <laughs> I give her the I'm watching you eyes. I shrug again.
2: What? I succumbed.
1: It was All right, really let's get this damn thing over with.
2: So I do want to pop in at no shame. <laughs> Emily already hates us. I do want to ask that question. Yeah.
0: Your head back in and ask her one more question?
2: Yeah, because I just realized I did have one more question. So,
0: well, there's this moment where you see Bertie staring at Renette with a definite different expression on her face. And we're not sort of staring back. So you, f- you have this feeling that you could like hop out of the room and they wouldn't notice that you were gone for a minute.
2: Okay. I'm just going to pop back to the library.
0: She is in front of her computer typing away. Doesn't even look up when you come in.
2: Um, oh, Emily, I just had one more question. I just heard from Fern and we're trying to establish a bit of a timeline. You said that everyone started arguing and then you went to bed?
0: Yes, around 1130.
2: Okay, um, so who, who was arguing it was your, your siblings and your parents?
0: Yeah, the rest of them.
2: So you, you did go to bed first?
0: Yeah, I was the first one to go to bed.
2: At 11.30? Yes. All right, thank you. Keep up your studies. <laughs> Bye!
0: The three of you make your way out of the main deck, this middle deck of the ship, and you're back by the staircase. You could go to back to the upper deck to the Sky Lounge. Downstairs on the lower deck is the, the bedrooms. And the casual lounge, where would you like to go?
1: I don't know. It feels like intrusive, but maybe knock on some of the bedroom doors because if we're just kind of like throwing all of our tidbits back and forth with like the whole secrets thing, Emily never screams, Sarah just cried the whole time. And I know personally as me, a crier, Holland, um, I would like to do that in the comfort of my own bedroom. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I think maybe just like leaning towards that way. More likely than, than not.
0: Back down to the lower deck, you can see out the door that Wari's boat is still tied up out back. It looks like she's just on her phone waiting. Looks like the sun is going down, last of the light in the, in the sky. And you enter into this casual lounge, which looks a lot like the Titanic. And on the other side is a door that goes into the bedrooms. You just walk right to the bedrooms. Or is there anything you're doing in this room?
2: we're walking through the casual lounge that looks like it's a replica of the Titanic lounge. Yep. I uh, Georgie is 100% like taking photos and poking at everything just like very intrigued by the level of detail and craftsmanship and how exact of a replica like it has fully drawn her in.
0: It sounds like your attention is so focused that you might be meddling. Looking for clues?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's still reason it's an exact replica, so maybe I'm looking for anything that is out of place or might give a hint to, like, choices the family has made, that kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Roll 2d6. Uh, f-
2: <laughs> Four.
0: All right. right. <laughs> Bertie and Renette, you can see that Georgie has sort of paused. Uh, the two of you were, the three of you were initially headed towards the door, but she sort of has stopped. She's looking around the room. You both sort of turn. It looks like she's moving over towards this end table. Click. She sort of leans over as though there's something on it. She catching her eye and she drops her phone and it puts a big old crack on the glass on the top of this table. And it spider webs out.
1: That could have been anyone. We we should we should go. We should go. Grab your phone. We should go. Agree. Should agree.
0: Go. Agree. Out of this lounge <laughs> and into the hallway <laughs> with all of the bedrooms. As soon as you enter this hallway, you can hear muffled cries coming from one of the bedrooms on the left.
1: So um I've been told I'm not the most sensitive of people. I personally don't see it, but I don't know if I should be the one to talk to the crying girl. I think Georgie, this is this might be your your gig. Uh, Sorry to put you, more you were, on you, said you but you were like your teacher, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I'd say this is your this is right up your wheelhouse. I haven't taught anyone or learned anything my entire life, so I believe <laughs> you. I was mostly joking, and now I'm a little offended, but we'll circle back to that.
2: <laughs> all right, so, that. Uh, <laughs> so Georgie, if she knocks on the door
0: first. You knock on the door, and immediately all three of you hear the sobbing stop, and then a quick rustling, and the door flies open. Though none of you have met Sarah, here she is in her late 30s. It looks like her, her blouse is all wrinkled up. She's a little... A little surprised, maybe she was expecting someone else, and seeing three strangers at her door, she sort of steps back and says, "Who are you? Why, why are you here?"
2: Sarah, I'm so sorry that we just sort of barged in like this, but we are we're here with Deputy Fern. Um, we're helping to we're helping the police gather everyone who is on the boat. Just make sure we know where everyone is, if they're doing okay, and. Asking a few questions and just getting everyone settled until um, Deputy Fern can speak with everyone. I'm Georgie, this is Renette, and this is Bertie.
0: And she sort of throws her hands up and turns sideways, walking back inside and says, well, that's fine. Come on in. And her bedroom is actually pretty big for a bedroom on a boat. This is like a full-on bedroom. There's a desk in the corner. There's a full closet. There's full furniture in here. And she goes back and she sits on her bed and just looks defeated. She's trying to make herself very small. She says, okay, fine. Near the police. That's okay. Great. What would you like to know?
2: Well, first, my dear, let me start with, we are deeply sorry about the loss of your father and can't even imagine how you must be feeling right now just an emotional trauma and a a life change, you know, share any feelings or just talk to us about what's what you're dealing with right now before we, you know, go through the nasty business of the facts. And Georgie reaches into her giant purse and pulls out tissues. And she has like one of those moist towelettes, like a makeup wipe and she's just trying to like comfort her. Like you need to dab your face or wipe your nose and just, Sits down next to her.
0: And Sarah happily takes them all because her tissues are complete wrecks at this point. And she starts to well up again. And as you talk about how her father has just died, she starts to cry again and she starts to shake. It looks like Sarah is very focused on Georgie and her own emotions, Renette and Bertie, if there is something else you would like to do while Georgie talks to her.
1: Yeah, general... Taking in of the scene. How is Renette feeling right now? Is she feeling investigative? Like if Renette, if this Renette is could be, investigate, Renette could also be a, a buffer. Like, I was thinking we could do like you. a good cop, bad cop kind of thing, but okay. I I would definitely be the bad. Let me know. I'm gonna sit next to Georgie. I will help. <laughs> Georgie, you look tired. Let me take this. Let me take this.
0: <laughs> Which leaves Renette as the only one uh, with no one paying attention to. What is your what is your plan Renette while
1: All right yeah um well that is going down uh Bertie has just decided to dive right on into uh this crying situation I would like to investigate um the closet area
0: Please do coincidentally that is the area behind Sarah where she does not have a good view of you
1: What a wonderful coincidence Yeah um I'd like to Uh, You know, amble on into the closet. Hopefully it's open or at least ajar. And uh, take a look at what kind of items she's got in there. Mm -hmm. Maybe reason?
0: Yeah, or composure if you're trying to be sneaky.
1: All right, yeah, then that is a nine.
0: Renette, you start to look through the clothing that is hung up in here, not making much noise. While this is high quality clothing, and these are brand names, none of this clothing is flashy. This clothing is designed to sort of hide oneself because you know so much about fashion, because you know so much about this. Whoever chose these clothes does not want to call attention to themselves. Mm -hmm. These are clothes that hide you in a crowd. On the floor of the closet, there is a pretty expensive antique vase. At least it used to be expensive, because now it is cracked and shattered. And perhaps someone took it and hid it in this closet. Georgie and Bertie, Sarah is crying. The tears are flowing. And she says, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to. How to feel about this. This is this is the worst day of my life. Yesterday was the worst day. No, yesterday wasn't the worst day. Yes, yesterday was because we knew he was dead yesterday. And now it's all sort of settling in. And I just don't know. I can't hold it together. I can't hold it together. I just want to get home to my husband and my kids.
2: I understand, my dear. I mean, we all face tragedy and grieve in different ways. And yes, yesterday you you learned for sure that he was had passed. And of course, today is difficult because today is the first day that you have to live knowing that he is not there. So it makes absolute sense that you would feel terrible today. And of course, you want to get home to your family. It would be greatly helpful to us of helping figure out what happened with your father. If we could just talk a little bit about, well, maybe we can start with your relationship with your father and how this trip came to be. Everyone has seems to have feelings about how your father brought everyone together for this trip. And I don't know what, what were your feelings about it?
0: Well, he said he had a big announcement for us and wanted us all to be here together. I don't even think he chose this place. I think Emily wanted us all to come here. Sure. Dad wanted, had some announcement he was going to make, but we've never been here before. I think it was Emily that suggested the St. Lawrence River as the place to to go. I don't I don't have any any evidence or any proof, but I think he was going to cut me out of the will. I think that's why he did this. I think he brought us all here to show the others that that I was disposable, that he was just going to cut me out.
2: Why ever would you think that? Were you not close with him?
0: I did everything he ever wanted, and none of it was good was good enough for him the reason i married mark was just to get out of the house so he could leave me alone but he didn't i'm sure he was going to cut me out of the will i'm sure of it
2: we heard there was a big argument the night that he supposedly fell overboard um that's, that's is that true. when you think he was going to announce make some announcement or can you describe how that sort of unfolded
0: the day we got here he said that he was going to he was going to change everything and then he wouldn't tell us what it was and then emily made us go all the way north on this river i don't know why and then he wouldn't say anything and he kept threatening that he was going to make a big announcement i really don't know i feel so scattered it's hard for me to think straight
2: that's completely understandable our memories are interesting things, right? Like we, they're, they can be colored by emotion and circumstances. So if you think about that night and when everyone became angry or upset because your father was going to make a big announcement, do you recall how people reacted? What was your sense of people's, of your siblings' emotions, your mother's emotions? <laughs>
0: I don't like to speak ill of the dead, but I think he had finally pushed everyone to their breaking point. I think everyone was upset. Everyone was angry and it started early in the day. It kept on, it kept on, it kept on through dinner. People were getting angrier and angrier and yelling. And finally, I just had enough of it and I just went to bed.
2: Were you the first to go to bed? Were were, um, David and Emily and your mother still arguing with your father?
0: Uh, I I must have been. I, d- I don't really remember for sure, but I must have been. I went to bed around ten.
2: Around ten, you say? Yes. There is some speculation that your father was heavily intoxicated and just sort of fell overboard. Do you? Does that sound right? Does that in keeping with his habits?
0: And she starts to tear up again, and she starts to shake. I guess so. I that that makes sense to me. That must have happened
2: you're feeling okay I just have maybe a couple more questions and then we'll
0: fine okay, okay. just yes let's
2: um, make it real quick real quick
0: that would be great that'd be great i'm i don't i don't feel so well
1: how has your mother been taking this i know we we're all experiencing this in very different ways have you seen her since since you found out the about the incident
0: Sure. Well, she's upset, of course.
1: Can you go into a a little more detail? We're very appreciative of you taking the time to discuss with us because I know that this has been difficult.
0: Thank you. Uh, Yeah, um, I mean, this is... I think my mom is not responding appropriately. I understand her position. She has this this fundraiser, this charity event uh, back in Boston that's supposed to go up this weekend and dad pulled her away from the planning to make this announcement, but it's, it's a, it's a fundraiser. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's, it's the fourth annual warriors ball for, for servicemen and women that have been injured. It's, it's, it's a great charity. She does this every year. It's one of her many charities that she devotes all this time to. And I know that she's been very stressed because normally she's there for three weeks working on these charity events and now she's not here and I know that she's very upset and she just wants to get back to it. But I, I don't know. I, i I understand that. Of course, I guess we all grieve differently.
1: Of course, of course. But also you're within your right to feel that some ways people are taking it might not make as much sense to you because of course, everyone is different. That being said, uh, what about your, your brother and sister? How, how have they been taking it? Um, we, we met with Emily earlier and, and David, and they seem to be having very visceral reactions to these things. Um, in fact, there was even in, uh, what is it that, that beautiful lounge, that Titanic, I I saw that there was a, a broken table. I was wondering if someone just got so overcome with emotion that that might've just
0: occurred. There was a broken table.
1: Yes. Yes. Um,
0: she suddenly looks very fearful.
1: Is that a problem? I'm sure, you know, of course,
0: expensive, but well, I I wouldn't know anything about that. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about that.
1: About the bro- the broken table?
0: No, I I, I certainly don't.
1: Uh, what about anything else broken um, around the ship? I'm sorry, the yacht.
0: Um, I mean, Mister Andrew is usually very attentive, and whenever there's anything like that happens, he removes. He, he he's he has been a rock. He has been wonderful throughout this whole mm-hmm. this whole ordeal.
1: Do things like that happen fairly often uh, where Mr. Andrews needs to remove such things when they are um, broken?
0: I suppose. I mean, he, I don't pry into those sorts of things. Um, he, he's something happens and he cleans it up.
1: Noted. Thank, thank you. I, I don't really have anything else. Yeah, at this point, oh. Renette has um, uh, from the closet. She has texted in the group chat a uh, vase emoji. Little explosion emoji, poof of dust emoji, send.
0: The three of you have just left Sarah's bedroom. She is going through tissues at a, at a pretty rapid pace there. And you have a moment here in the hallway for us to just recap a rule or two. When you think you're ready to solve the mystery and use the theorize move, you will take the number of clues that you have discovered and subtract the complexity of the mystery. In this case, the complexity is a 6. So right now it would be 5 clues, minus 6, and you would roll at a minus 1. No modifiers in Theorize. Now, so far you haven't really talked with Amanda the Widow, or Mr. Andrew the Butler, so maybe that's something that you could continue to do and find a couple more clues to join the 5 that you already have. The pack of strange receipts that you found in the trash can upstairs. A solitary diamond earring. A gun inside a book, some photos of this family not having a good time at all, and a broken vase inside Sarah's closet. But for now, here you are in the hallway. What would you like to do?
1: I do feel like I made things worse. But uh, what could you do? It's fine. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. So we all agree that this was totally like a murder, right?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yes. Okay. We also have confirmed that each of the siblings claims to have a reason to be angry with their father and all have claimed to have been first to bed during that big fight. We know David said he went to bed about midnight. He was the first. He couldn't didn't want to do it. Okay. Bef- yeah, before right midnight. Before midnight. Mm-hmm. And then Emily said she went to bed around 11.30, leaving everybody arguing. And Mm -hmm. Sarah said she went to bed around 10, also leaving everybody arguing. So either we have a time and space continuum problem or... Which is not out of the question. Not out of the question, no. Um, Or they're all lying. Oh, and we also did learn uh, Sarah alluded to the butler sort of cleaning up family issues so
1: i just can't tell if they're all lying to like cover their own asses or if they're lying all together because they all tried to kill him or something maybe they're all they were all separately trying to kill him and they're only trying to cover their own asses and they don't realize that everyone else was also trying to kill them and are therefore trying to cover their own asses that does kind of remind me of, uh, some of, some of Robin's works actually, I know. you know, the kind of thing where like everybody comes in and stabs him once, but he's like in a certain spot. So you can't tell that he's already been stabbed because it's like dark or whatever. Yeah, and then everyone that... comes and stabs him. So they're like all guilty. Which Robin
2: Masterson book was that? Was that, um, the that uh, scissors of scorn, I believe. That's the one. Yeah. Mm. Scissors of scorn. It was many layered mysteries, many layers. lots of Scissors yeah Mm -hmm. so many scornful scissors
1: you know that was one of my favorite favorite novels should we uh go find uh amanda amanda kraus
2: yes let's see what time she says she went to bed yeah and then maybe loop back with the butler definitely his, loop back with the butler because there's also the third potential option where the butler cleaned up the father for the family because he was causing so much strife to the family
1: yeah and he cleaned where, him up. Which cleaned up means yeah you know that kind yeah of thing. oh yeah you know <laughs> that is like another robin masterson work actually that, yeah uh, it's really funny how they're the all butler up. of brutality the Butler of Brutality. I mean it, she kinda gave it away with the title, but I'll, I'll give you yeah, no, that But there it's were a lot nice, of twists like, and turns. You know, right. I mean, when I there was were. reading that, I was like, yeah. "Oh, it's in the title," and then it was like, "Oh no, no, it's actually a, it's a secret right. twist." And then it, right. at the end, a like turned like right in, back, and it was like, okay, yeah and it yeah, bit of a little bit like, a little bit like that. little bit of a What bit that, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. what what, one, what was it called again which one was that the of a of Brutality. Yes, yes, of course. Sorry, I. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a hearing aid. hearing we know how it is.
0: Well, you're finishing up this conversation as you exit the hallway and re-enter the Titanic lounge. And as you do, the first thing that you see is Mr. Andrew over towards your right against the wall, who suddenly jerks up and looks right towards you, towards the three of you as you enter the room. On the other side of the lounge, it's a long way across this lounge, perfectly modeled after the Titanic. There's a large station set up with multiple types of champagne. And Mr. Andrew says very quickly, he just needed a moment to sort of calm himself down. And he says, ladies, I trust you're finding everything that you're looking for.
1: I mean, oh, I yeah. think so. Yes. Yeah. We've been talking to um, the, the Kraus children, you know, we're, we're still going to have to conduct a few more interviews. Uh, Mr. Andrews.
0: Of course. well, If I can be of any assistance, please just let me know. I'm just here setting up for the evening's Champagne Station. Uh, And of course, I've offered before, but I will offer again if any of you would like, would like a glass of Champagne. Only the best, only the best here. You're certainly welcome, if you like, and he gestures across the room to the Champagne Station.
2: Oh. Are we still doing that in, li- is, in light of everything that's happened? We're it, you're still doing a champagne well, service?
0: We are nothing if not people of habit. So when
2: one is in morning, of course.
0: Yes, as know,
2: staying in your routine
0: is helpful. And as the sun goes down, it is simply tradition to to have a glass of champagne, and many varieties are available.
1: Renette is. Yeah, lip, I, trying to decide if she if, no I think I think you had your shot you I, I, I absolute traitor I think I, I'm going to have one I was trying to ingratiate myself with the person I was interviewing and yet yes, I work? would like some more <laughs> okay. it was really okay, well, we can't get like blitzed out stuff. on champagne while we're inducting I'm, conducting I've only oh one wow glass. it's already begun I haven't even drank Okay, G- give me some <laughs>
0: Certainly, and Mr. Andrew doesn't move, but gestures towards the station and says, "Oh, absolutely, ma'am. You please take whatever you like. Please serve yourself."
1: Those are dangerous words, but yeah, I I take a, I take a a glass, I guess. Scoot over to her as if I'm going to do something else. Then, under my breath, I'm like, "What if it's poison? Be careful! Don't worry, I'll finish us off. I'll I'll sniff it. I'll sniff it. Make sure it, it checks out." Oh, unless it's like in that one, I in let, that one like arsenic or something. The, I'm pretty sure it doesn't smell. Yeah, the 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 champagne of pain. <laughs> Where was that? I don't think that's what it was called. That, but that, um, that you scent, know, I'm yeah. That that I'm like It's not a yes and poison. Yeah,
0: Birdie, are you also getting yourself a glass of champagne? Because this is this is Rennet's second.
2: <laughs> is it a competition. <laughs> I mean it is now that means that georgie can't have a glass of champagne till renette's on her third and birdie's on her second if this is the order we're doing it
1: <laughs> but what if it's poison <laughs> then then you'll find out then then i'm the one i'm the person who's gonna find out. i'm the i'm the lab rat i'm the i'm the i'm the test bunny whatever you know what that is true i will pour myself a very generous glass of which everyone looks like it has the fanciest bottle And looks the bubbliest. Yeah, whichever is the most aesthetically pleasing bottle.
0: Well, Georgie, you've watched your friends go over to the champagne and they are helping themselves. And there's a moment when you're standing here sort of like looking at them and wondering if this is the shape of the evening. (laughs) And then you sort of look back at Mr. Andrew. And you're probably the one who would notice that he is standing strategically in front of the table that you dropped your phone on. And broke.
2: I walk over to Mr. Andrew and just like I'm casually gonna lean, I'm gonna casually lean against the table and say, Oh, Mr. Andrew, I've spoken to the siblings, the children, and uh, I just have some follow up questions for you before we speak with Mrs. Krause.
0: He has, as you have approached, He has shifted slightly to stand between you and the damaged table very nonchalantly. And he says, of course, ma'am, anything I can help with.
2: What a lovely table that is that I'm noticing just now for the first time. (laughs) I see this room is a replica of the Titanic lounge. Is this table also a replica? And I position myself
0: to look. Yes. And he he moves like right in front of it. So that, like, you're now very close to the butler <laughs> as you like try to see the table. And he says, oh, yes, of course. And he tries to redirect you to another table with a hand motion. In fact, all of these uh, these pieces of furniture in this room are replicas of the Titanic. And that's, that one right over there behind you, the one right behind you there, is my personal favorite because of the gold leaf. Can, can I show you this table right over here?
2: This one in the opposite direction of where I'm facing now?
0: Yes, yes. Right behind you is the most interesting table in the room, I believe.
2: Yes, I'd love to see it.
0: And he keeps his hand out, pointing, waiting for you to turn away first.
2: I turn away first, filing this information away with the shattered vase.
1: Oh, shit. What happened to that table?
0: And you can see him blush. He gets very red. He gets very, uh, very tense. Like, his, he gets a, a pressure in his shoulders right away. Oh, uh, I must apologize. I have to admit that I, I broke this table as I was setting up the champagne station. I was hoping to have it cleaned up and removed before anyone noticed. If you would, please don't mention it to any of the others. I was, I was on my... I was right on my way to cleaning it up when you arrived. And I i hope to do that momentarily so that no one else will notice. But this table over here is of particular interest because, and he begins talking about antique furniture.
1: Renette is intrigued for a number of reasons. Because I really want to catch uh, Mr. Andrew in this lie, but also... Renette is very interested in this antique furniture and wants (laughs) to hear more
2: about it. I think we did just catch him in the lie. All I have to say is... (laughs) But I want to point it out to him. I broke it. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have to bring up that you broke it.
1: We just have to bring up that we noticed it was broken before he came in with the champagne.
2: Okay, Ah. I don't think I can say that because I feel like Georgia acted like she had never seen the table before. (laughs) Renette jumps in. (laughs) Renette has
1: turned around. She's got her glass of champagne. You know that's that's really fascinating. Um, first of all, I have some questions. Uh, is it first of all is it is it modeled after like the actual lounge of the Titanic, or are we talking about the film?
0: You have about a five to ten minute conversation where Mister Andrew shows that he knows an awful lot about antique furniture and answers all of your questions with great authority. That I cannot.
1: Okay, so yeah, we have a deep discussion about historical um, carpentry methods, mm-hmm. um, and I am able to relate to it with all of my historical costuming methods. Um, and then I bring up, you know, it's it's really interesting. I was I was walking through here earlier to examine the the furniture uh, before you came in with this wonderful, absolutely wonderful champagne.
0: Oh, I'm, and, I'm, very, um, I'm very happy you like it.
1: Yeah, I I, I I did notice the table was already cracked before you came in.
0: Yes, I, I, as I was preparing before I brought in the rest of the station, I, I did it earlier. It was completely my fault. Uh, and yes, I, I, I happened to do that before bringing in the rest of the champagne and, and setting up.
1: Interesting. I felt it.
0: Yes, I was hoping to get a, a cloth over it and then get it all removed. So I do apologize. Yes.
1: Oh, you don't need to apologize to me, Mr. Andrew. I mean, I mean, I was just admiring the, the decor in this absolutely wonderful champagne. Renette. Yeah.
0: Let's say you've got a quarter of your flute of champagne left. Mm-hmm. And that is probably when you realize that you now have a condition. And the condition that you have right now is tipsy.
1: Damn right. <laughs> Oh, so we're going method acting, huh?
0: (laughs) Conditions are negative traits that you get at the Keeper's discretion, typically through role-playing choices or a particularly bad roll. When a character has a condition, they roll with disadvantage on related actions. Conditions are removed with the use of certain moves, the use of cozy places and activities, or when the keeper agrees that the condition has passed. Probably the first thing that you realize as you feel this tipsiness come over you is that the boat is kind of rocking a little bit here in the water. It's not completely stable. There's a little bit of swaying going on. Georgie, you notice that Renette might be swaying a little bit. It's probably because of the water, or maybe not. It's because
1: of the water. I'm not on boats often. So that it's, it's just that it's on. It's, it's only that.
2: It's what happens. We are not born and raised on the bay. Not born with sea legs. <laughs> so back to the table thing really quick.
1: Um,
0: I'm, I'm so just, sorry. And and he's no, sort of, no, 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 no. It's
1: totally okay. I'm he just lifts wondering, it up. He's like, you, I,
0: I should, I should really get this out of the room. Let me clear the table. I, I feel so embarrassed that you happen to Mr. see this. Andrew, Let me just,
1: do you make a habit of cleaning up other people's messes like that?
0: Well, it's part of the job, of course. And he has the table sure, up.
1: Sure, but, but taking taking the blame? I'm sure that's not a part of your job description.
0: Ma'am, we all have our responsibilities, and keeping a tidy ship is one of mine.
1: Would you go on record with that?
0: And he is now carrying the table out and he looks back I and start says
1: following him.
0: <laughs> oh okay. He looks like he's gonna <laughs> he looks like he wants to carry this table because we're on the bottom deck he looks like he wants to carry this table up to the middle deck and back towards the galley you suspect that there might be some storage th- in that area are you all following him as he carries this table away
1: <laughs> i mean all sneaky like yeah renette's trying I, I'm to be literally sneaky just about still talking to course, him yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i mean just being <laughs> renette casually. is hanging back and thinking she's being real sneaky but again she's tipsy and um, she's kind of just stumbling after after her friends and this butler.
0: There must be more interesting things for you to inquire about on board, ma'ams. Uh, I, I really should just, if you would excuse me, I would just like to get this table. It, it looks, it's it's got these cracks in it that I take responsibility for. I just want them, I want it to be safe. I don't want it to break further and perhaps injure anyone. Andrew,
1: who are you trying to take responsibility for?
0: Uh, just myself, ma'am. Just myself.
1: We're not talking about the table anymore.
0: I, yeah, I. <laughs> I'm. She's I'm just trying
1: to fuck with them. There's some sort of metal going on. I feel like.
0: Are you yeah, going to meddle? Okay. can go okay. With this
1: all day. She, she's she's meddling. She's trying to get him to break. She's trying to get him to sweat. Mm-hmm. Though she's not like physically intimidating. I do think that she is like using her. I guess it would be her her physical presence. So I guess presence would work, but. She's just she's just trying to like keep interrupting him, keep like catching him, that kind of thing.
0: Did you get a bonus from presence?
1: Uh, uh, just a plus one. Okay. That is an eleven. I love these dice.
0: Oh my! All right, you pin him down, and he pauses. You're at the the top of the stairs going into the second deck, and he stops before going into the giant jacuzzi room. He sort of like uh, his, his shoulders drop a little bit. What can I answer for you? What is it that you need to know?
1: We're just trying to get to the truth of everything. Everyone's told us a different story. I was hoping you could give us the truth. I just don't want you to get caught up in all of this. If it's not your business.
0: He looks inside and the room is empty. Looks around. No one can hear him. And he lowers his voice to the three of you and says, come with me. And he leads the three of you back past the galley and into a storage room that also has the laundry set up and he sets the broken table in the corner and turns back to you the three of you says i don't know what happened to mr kraus i did find something early yesterday morning and he goes to the dryer and he opens it up and he takes out a very ornate rug that at one point was very expensive. But it was very expensive before it had been run through the washing machine four times and through the dryer four times. Now it is faded, it is fraying, and all of the value in this fabric is long gone. But he points to the side of it and he says, you may be able to see here the blood stain that was on it when I originally found it. It was next to where this table was. I suppose I can't say for certain that it was blood. I've seen blood while I was in the service, but I could be mistaken. And perhaps I shouldn't have taken it, and perhaps I shouldn't have washed it, but I was thinking about my responsibility to this family.
1: Burnett dies a little bit inside at the treatment of this fabric, of the carpet. That is not not how you treat a... a vintage textile. I'm rubbing her back. <laughs> it was a beauty. That that carpet. It was so. Um, so thank you for your honesty about that. Bertie talks over her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think this will be very helpful. All we want is to discover the truth, and I understand you were doing what you thought was best for your family. I understand.
0: He nods extremely slightly, his eyes are down, and then he sort of not really brightens, but opens up his face just a little bit and says, I should emphasize, I am not completely certain that it was blood. I should say that I saw nothing else out of place. Uh, I was very surprised when I saw the table damaged. I don't know how that happened. I assumed it was part of something must have happened now, because whatever caused this this blood must also have come from this table. And I just missed it when I was cleaning. Now, perhaps Mr. Mr. Krauss did fall. Perhaps he he had imbibed too much and fell and hurt himself and then fall, fell off the back of the boat. I don't know. I don't know.
2: It seems probable if you found a bloodstained carpet that he perhaps was shot and then pushed overboard under the guise that he was drunk and fell over as each of the children has said that Mr. Krause has a drinking problem. It would be the perfect cover-up. I would like to ask you a little bit about what you remember from that evening. I know you said you don't know exactly what happened, but we have spoken, I mean this, um, thank you for showing us this carpet. With your experience and history, if, if you think it was blood, I, I tend to believe you that it was blood. Each of the children has told a slightly different version of what seems to be the same course of events in which the family got gathered above deck. The father announced some, he had some information or secret to reveal Each child believed they were somehow a part of it. Uh, Fighting broke out and somehow everyone went to bed first. Do you happen to recall when the children went to bed that night and when Mrs. Krause went to bed that night?
0: I don't know what time everyone retired for the evening. I was on the bridge. Uh, I know that there was a family Meeting that there was a discussion with raised voices uh, that began around well certainly after dinner, it was it was late, and I heard raised voices until after midnight. But you say a gunshot. I did not hear anything like that. Uh, I did not hear a gunshot. And confidentially, Mister Krauss was fond of drinking, especially since. The sun, when the sun goes down, he tended to partake and he sort of motions to one of the windows in here and you can see the sun going down and he sort of looks out at the setting sun. You no, know, I was, I was on the bridge on and off for most of the night. I heard the raised voices. I did not hear a gun. I can confirm that Mr. Krause had been drinking, uh, and as far as family matters go, That is not something typically shared with me.
2: Maybe not directly or intentionally shared, but you are around, you are a part of this family. Did you not notice anything out of the ordinary with any of the family members' interactions? Were they happy in all of their activities together? Were there moments of tension between certain siblings and not others?
0: Certainly, this entire trip, from my perspective, was ill-conceived. It, it felt as though none of them truly wanted to be here, except for Mr. Krauss. He seemed to be looking forward to this trip quite a bit. Again, I assumed at the time it was because he would be able to spend time with his children, which it, it is not a common occurrence that they're all in the same place at the same time. It seems as though all of them, the, the timing of this trip was was curious to me. I know that uh, Miss Emily had had school to attend to. I know that Mrs. Krause has her fundraiser that she's been very anxious about. She has been on edge this entire time because typically when she's running a fundraiser, she is there and not on vacation. Mr. David, uh, I suppose I don't know that he had any events coming up, but he seems to be very busy running his gallery and with his artistic investments. And Miss Sarah... Well, I suppose I don't know if she had anything. Hmm. The entire trip was curious to me, but I, I don't know much more than that.
2: That does sound curious. Each of the children did express displeasure at being on this trip. So I find it interesting that uh, you would describe Mr. Krause as seeming to be looking forward to spending time with his children.
0: Yes. And again... I'm, I'm not privy to any additional information those were all my suspicions and my suspicions can be incorrect
2: oh and um I, I'm no forensic scientist or anything but I, I might just throw out there that if there was you know blood on the rug and none on the table perhaps the damage to the table is unrelated to the murder uh, disappearance of mr. Kraus anyways ladies do you have any follow-up questions
1: I have a follow-up question
2: oh great i
1: actually just wanted to know um if you clean up a lot um uh, you know after all the krauses uh do do you like clean up in their personal spaces as well like in their rooms like maybe in their closets
0: not typically if if there is a request i certainly will But their private chambers generally are left to their own devices. Now, when we get back to port, of course, we would bring in a cleaning crew at that point. But generally, we don't, unless there's a a request, their rooms are private.
1: Okay, that's all I needed to know. And yes, Georgie, I think that does make sense that it could quite possibly be unrelated. But, you know, we don't even have to worry about that. That's probably just my own two cents. I'm also not a forensic scientist, but who
2: knows? Crazier things have happened. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Uh yeah,
0: let's go find Mrs. Krause. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for part two of Dad Overboard. Come on back next week for the thrilling conclusion. Roll to Metal is produced by actual com If you use the link in the show notes, you can find some of our other shows. For Roll to Metal updates, check out the Facebook page Roll to Metal Podcast, at Jonah of the Sea on Twitter or join the Gauntlet Discord channel. All of those links are in the show notes. Okay? See you next week.